I'm Kyle Rice, awful test taker turned physical therapist and standardized test coach for over 5,000 physical therapists worldwide. It wasn't that long ago that I struggled with anxiety, lack of confidence, and the fear of failing the NPTE. Fast forward through the challenges, the 13 standardized test failures, and many lessons learned, and you'll see the life I have today. A life filled with love, financial freedom, and a dream job that allows me to change lives every single day. I created the NPTE Clinical Files podcast to give you simple, actionable strategies along with a step-by-step walkthrough of NPTE-based questions. All of this so that you can dominate your exam like I did and achieve your dream. So if you're a driven PT student who's looking to pass the NPTE and start creating a life you love, you're in the right place. Enjoy the show. For this week's clinical file, we have Martin, and Martin is treating a 45-year-old male with recurrent neck pain and joint hypomobility. Before initiating end-range cervical mobilizations, the therapist would like to assess for vertebral basilar insufficiency to check the left vertebral artery, the most effective position to place the patient's head and neck is, so we have A, flexion. We have B, extension. We have C, right rotation. And we have D, which is left rotation. Let's make this happen. So we go up to the top. We have Martin. And Martin is treating this 45-year-old male with recurrent neck pain and joint hypomobility, right? So that's a pretty straightforward statement. Makes sense, right? We got somebody with recurrent neck pain, joint hypomobility. Most likely we're talking about the cervical spine. Cool, pretty straightforward. Let's go over to the next sentence. It says, before initiating in-range cervical mobilizations to address that hypomobility, the therapist would like to assess for vertebral basilar insufficiency. Baby, oh, you better assess for that. You're you going to be cranking that lawsuit if you don't assess for that VBI. So I, I, I like this. It makes sense. We want to assess um, for VBI. If you're not familiar with it, um, there is the uh, vertebral basilar artery, right? And it's made up of the vertebral arteries. All right, and they join together to make the basilar artery. This applies the, the back of your brain. I mean, your cerebellum, your brainstem, your occipital lobe. It's really important. And if a person has a VBI, I mean, this, this can cause some really permanent damage, if not death. All right. Um, so, you know, if there's like arterial hardening or if there's some type of plaque buildup, it can block blood flow. And then we lose what? We lose blood flow to the brainstem. Don't we need that for functioning? Lose blood flow to the cerebellum or uh, to the occipital lobe as well. So we definitely want to make sure that we assess for this because we do not want to cause this person harm. Okay. Now, as I continue down the question, it says to check the left vertebral artery, the most effective position to place the patient's head and neck is what? So bottom line, what is this question really asking me? Um, it, it's asking me, well, do I know what VBI is? But the second part is for the left vertebral artery, how do I assess this? What position do I need to put my patient's head and neck in in order to assess 
the left of a deeper artery. That's what it comes down to. And for those of you on the podcast right now, let me go through the answer choice again. We have A, flexion, B is extension, C is right rotation, and D is left rotation. All right? So we already know what VBI is. We just spoke about it. And one of the major questions that commonly comes up in my email box, people who message me are always like, man, what position do I put the patient in in order to restrict blood flow to the left or the right artery? Like what position do I have to put the patient in? So let's go through it. A says flexion. Okay. So I'm going to tell you right now, like flexion isn't really a part of our vertebral artery testing. Think about it for a moment. Think back uh, to orthopedic class. This is one of the the like red flag testing that we do before we get into any down and dirty mobilizations or even in range mobilization type things. Um, we want to check the vertebral artery, right? So we do the vertebral artery test. What position do we do that in? You should be saying, well, typically the patient could be sitting or supine, okay? And then what we do is we bring the patient's head into full cervical extension, head and neck extension. We side bend it and then rotate it. Okay, and that's supposed to be putting a lot of stress through the vertebral artery. Nowhere in there did you hear me say flexion. Flexion's not even a part of this, so I wouldn't say that it's the most effective to check the left vertebral artery. Does that make sense? So can we eliminate that one pretty straight, straight off? Okay. So let's go ahead and eliminate that. Let's look at B. B says extension. I like it. It is a part of reducing blood flow through the vertebral arteries. It can. All right. But it's not specific. Yeah, it's a part of the test, but it's not specific to one side over the other. And so even though you may like to choose this answer, it's not specific enough to the right or the left. And so I'm going to go ahead and eliminate it. Let's continue down the line. C says right rotation. Okay. All right. Let's think about that. So if I did right rotation, then which vertebral artery would be stressed more? Let me say that again. If I did right cervical rotation, head and neck rotation, would that stress the right side more or the left side more? This is where most people get hung up. I'll tell you this right now, that when you rotate your head to the right, you actually stress the contralateral side more. I'll say it again. When you rotate your head to the right, you actually stress the contralateral vertebral artery more. So if I'm doing right rotation, that's going to stress the left vertebral artery. I like this answer choice. I like it. And you may say, well, wait a minute, Coach K. Come on, how does that work? I mean, if I rotate my head to the right, isn't that compressing a lot on the right side? And I would say, yeah, when we're talking about the joint, it does a lot of that. When we're talking about the actual joint itself, the facets, yeah, you get some compression there. But when we're talking about the vertebral artery, when we rotate your head to the right, it actually puts a stretch on that left vertebral artery. And that stretch actually decreases the space on the inside where the blood glows through. All right. And, and, and that's what gives us a good test for the left vertebral artery is right rotation. I like that. Okay. Let's continue down to D. D says left rotation. 
And like we were just saying, if we do head and neck rotation to one side, stresses the contralateral side more. So if I rotate my head to the left, which vertebral artery is getting stressed more? You should be saying the right side, the right vertebral artery. So D can't possibly be our answer here. It's actually opposite of what we would want, leaving us with our final answer, our best answer of C, right freaking rotation. All right, there you go. There you have it. This comes straight out of your McGee textbook where you can learn a bit more about this vertebral artery test. Also, you may see it in there known as the quadrant test as well. All right, so you can read up about that. But definitely, if I wanted to stress this, this left vertebral artery the most, put this down in your notes, what I would do is I would extend side bend to the right and rotate to the right. Let me say it again. If I wanted to stress the left vertebral artery the most, I would extend side bend to the right and rotate to the right. That's going to put the most strain on that vertebral artery and then potentially cause an occlusion. Cool? So let me add a little extra piece. For those of y'all here with me right now, I think this is very important because you don't just want to know you just you don't just want to know the testing. We also need to know what would this patient present like if let's say this test was positive. What would this patient present like if they came into the clinic with a VBI? So the way that I've learned it and I found that this has always helped me is I've learned it by the 5 Ds and the 3 Ns. Can we go over those real quick? The 5 Ds and the 3 Ns. So five Ds, okay, and for those of y'all in the car right now or in the clinic, you might want to pull out that piece of paper when you get to where you can not wreck somewhere, all right? Um, and let's go through these. So one of the Ds in the five Ds is dysphagia, all right, or faulty swallowing or difficulty swallowing, difficulty eating. They tend to aspirate, right? Um, another one is diplopia or double vision. Dysarthria, difficulty articulating or speaking. Um, drop attacks, like sudden dropping to the floor or blacking out is your fourth D. And your fifth D is dizziness, okay? So those are the five Ds right there. And for those of you who are here with me, I'll kind of write these out. I don't want to take too long. Uh, dysphagia, diplopia, diplo I always have a trouble saying that word. That's double vision there. Dysarthria, all right, difficulty speaking. Or articulating speech um, drop attacks yeah it's where the patient like blacks out on you and then last but not least is dizziness okay so those are the five d's let's talk about the um the and okay a lot of people forget the and in the middle five d's and three n's what does the and stand for anybody know think about it right now think about it right okay it is ataxia y'all ataxia and we're talking about gait right now, okay? Ataxia of gait. So that's what the A or the and stands for. And then the three ends. Let's go over the three ends. Okay? The three ends are going to be nystagmus. Most of us are familiar with that term, right? Nystagmus. Okay? What's another one? You can say numbness and tingling. I'm just going to put N slash T. All right? Numbness and tingling. And the last one is nausea and vomiting okay that is the last 
Cool. So five D's and three N's. You need to know these signs and symptoms. They can come up in your question. They can come up on your PET, your therapy, whatever it is, most of all the NPTE, and you need to be able to pick this up you know, off of your question and be able to say like, yes, this is a VBI problem. Five, the five D's and the three N's. Put those down in your notes. Now, I never like to leave you just with basic explanations, basic signs and symptoms. I want to take, always want to take you a step further. For those of you all on the podcast right now, what I did was I put together a very nice vertebral uh, basilar artery insufficiency cheat sheet for you that's talk about the testing, it's talk about the rules of the testing, the procedure, but also um, what we can expect if we rotate the head in certain directions and all that good stuff, okay? I compiled it for you nicely. So go into the show notes, click the link in there, and you can get it. Hi, this is Kyle, and thanks for downloading the podcast. I always enjoy spending this time with you, and I hope that you leave today feeling motivated and with a better understanding. Make sure to subscribe to get new mock NPTE questions each week. I deeply appreciate your support. It helps keep this mission going. And as I always say, keep learning, stay committed. I'll see you next time.